to Nerd News Now for January 18th, 2021. I hope everyone's having a nice Martin Luther King Jr. Day and enjoying an extended weekend. Um, today I'm here with Rainy Kyle and Miss Jen, so a little bit different of a lineup. I like it. Um, what were you guys up to this weekend? Did anyone have like a three-day online convention for 12 hours a day or anything? I've been in this chair since 8.30 a.m. Friday morning, with the exception of seven hours. Wow. Um, I mean, did you sleep in the chair or no? Or not that you know of? There were times where it was where it was this. Like, my face would hit my microphone and wake me up. Yeah. Uh, there but, were times in the show I thought Kyle was sleeping with his eyes open. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there, so, uh, there were significant technical problems the first day uh, in terms of our website crashed. I had to recode the whole thing from the ground up. It was a whole mess. So there were times where I'm interviewing people and writing code at the same time. And then we went so late <laughs> Saturday night with Brainy spinning for our after party. Um under his DJ identity, Taji Beats, and then uh, getting done with that and having commercials I had to edit and cut for the next day and that kind of stuff. That by the time I got to church Sunday morning, I actually slept through service with my eyes open. I know I did. <laughs> um, That's sad. What was the highlight for you? I, tuned, I was able to tune in on and off a few times. I saw the Jimmy Pagliotti on the, the comments interview i saw some of that you did a great job with all of them what was the highlight for you jen do you want to go first i did 14 14 official and then i jumped in on a couple guests that had some technical difficulties hopping on um i think i probably had fun doing the game show just because Everyone was so talented, brought so much smart debate to that. Um, but I, I think I can't pick a favorite on the just ones that we were just in because almost everybody I already knew, so it was very comfortable. Uh, interview, and I already knew exactly as I said. It was a uh, easy uh, get to get to know. So, uh, I did. I have to count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13 panels. I did one less than Miss Jen. Uh, but I also produced most of the panels I didn't host. So uh, I, even if I wasn't on the screen, I was pressing the buttons. Uh, but for me, I, I got to interview John Romita twice, John Romita Jr., which is wild that I got to even like say John Romita's name on screen uh, to me. So Getting to talk to him once. I talked to him once by himself and then once with Scott Hanna, who had inked him for 25 years. Uh, 
and they did the run with J. Michael Straczynski that won the Eisner Award, uh, including the 9-11 Amazing Spider-Man 36 book. Uh, so getting to talk to them was cool. Um, Bob Layton was great. I had a wonderful conversation with Howard Chaikin, uh, which if you've ever seen Howard Chaikin talk, uh, there are times where he has wonderful conversations, then there are times where he has conversations that are a little bit um, terse and short. And we had a great conversation. I think it's because he realized that we're both contrarians and we're both kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, grumpy old men. And uh, it worked. Uh, and we have we have a lot of the same mutual loves like food and, uh, you know, underground comics and in, in the super indie kind of stuff. So that was fun. Um, but the highlight for me is my friend Pat uh, has been in the comic industry for years and years uh, as a person who worked at a comic book store and as a con promoter. And uh, at the end of 2019, he got his first book, an anthology published. And 2020 was supposed to be the year where he made the con circuit as a creator. And he couldn't because of the pandemic. And so this got to, this was his first convention as a published artist, as a published creator. And so getting to interview him, and he's been a friend of mine for a year, for a long time. Getting to hear, I think that's probably my highlight. That is awesome. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, we'll get back to, cons at the end of this year i mean i'm hoping but i i don't know at this point i mean la last year like every con you know i had like three or four pushback dates then they pushed it back to this year and i know like the the fan expo dallas which is one of the bigger texas ones like they've already pushed all the way back to mid-september of 2021 so uh, i I think that's a realistic date until I turn on the news every day. You know what I mean? Like, it just like, I don't know when we're going to get back to cons. <laughs> well, so in this part of the country, in Monroe, Michigan, there's a con in mid-September that has a real good chance of happening for no other reason than it happens at the fairgrounds. And usually it's inside, but the promoter for years has been coming up with a plan to put it under tents and move it outside because it's always, it's usually gorgeous that weekend and so i think there's a chance that we could do it outside and still have it uh and that's a super fun show because uh jim obar comes up from texas every year and um you know you get a ton of really cool creators that would be interesting to have a con out in tents like that i mean it would just be kind of a new experience um maybe they could you know tie in like a vip pass gets a vaccine or something like that who knows i'm i at, at this point i'm up for anything like i i still want starbucks to do a vaccine latte just make it real easy for people i mean like how you know it, it's amazing to me we have all these vaccines just sitting here uh mcdonald's serves billions every day what are we doing like we have the distribution process there's so many things across america that we get like with ease Baskin Robin has 31 flavors. I can't get one vaccine. Come on. That's if it would only work. We'd have to put it in like Frosties, though, I think, for the cold. That'd be fine. I, as long as I could dip my fries in it, sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I really I do really hope though that we get that we have some sort of physical cons. If it's not till September, that's fine, but 
2021. I don't know if I can wait till 2022. I know a lot of creatives that are saying, I don't even care. I'm, I'm writing 2021 off too. Not going to do conventions until 2022. And the mentality of those people uh, largely has been, well, you know, 2020, I had a hard time focusing on writing or creating because it was depression and all this other stuff. But now we're a year in and it's just become the new normal. I'm able to, my creativity is starting back up. So I'm going to use 2021 to let everybody get the herd immunity and just to create. And that way by 2022, when cons do happen, I'll have a whole new table full of stuff. And I do get that mentality as well. Like just kind of rest up, recharge and just use all that time you would have been traveling and at these conventions just to create, create, create and have almost like a backlog. But I also know artists that, you know, up until 2020, they were depending on that income. You yeah. know, going to like, I mean, as many as like 35 shows a year all over and had transitioned from like an eight to five job into being, you know, a paid creative. And so that's the people that I worry about the most. You know, I'm not, I, you know, I, I care about everyone, but someone who has been in comics for, you know, 25 years and can afford to take, you know, a year off or they're still getting paid because their office is their home and they're like drawing pages and stuff. But it's, it's the creative people that are having to go out and hustle and sell autographs and sell pictures and sell, you know, content and sell paintings and prints and drawings. That's that's what I want cons to come back for most, I think. I mostly want it to come back so I can have after con dinners. That's my favorite part of a convention, honestly. Get together with your friends that you made during the day and just go and break bread together. I've been telling people I can't wait for C2E2 because I have deep dish deficiency. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it's too much sauce for me. And, and I've had to explain to people all day is that, you know, I've got a guy who's a New York transplant right up the road here who makes great New York style pizza. I'm a half hour from Detroit, so I can go get Detroit Sicilian pizza. It's just re nobody around here makes good deep dish. And when I say deep dish, I don't mean Giordano's or Lou Melnati's or, you know, the chains. No, I go to a real specific place that I'm not going to blow my spot up. Uh, in Chicago, where we get real Chicago deep dish, like, made the way they've made it since Al Capone was eaten at this place. So, you know, I don't, that's what I miss, is, you know, that kind of stuff. What if when Gerardo opened up Al Capone's vault, there was all these empty pizza boxes from your spot, and that's how it got blown up? <laughs> <laughs> they don't do carryout. Um, but... But my, my serious question, though, for that is, and I'm not going to ask you what your spot is, but is the sauce on top? Because that's always bothered me. No. See, I like that. I like the cheese should be the blanket, right? That's how it should be. The way you have to think about this pizza is it's closer to a completely edible French onion soup than any kind of pizza you've ever eaten. Yeah, there's a lot of bad French onion soup out there, too. So I like I, that you said, I, I like that you said edible because uh, French onion soup is also something that should have a secure cheese blanket. Well, I mean, and this is, you know how on French onion soup you can't eat the bowl? This you can eat the bowl. 
I mean, if you got in a bread bowl, yeah, you'd, have to, you'd have to eat it fast. I, I don't know. There's some bread bowl soup that works. It just depends on the consistency. But um, does anyone else have any input on cheese blankets? I feel like I'm talking about cheese blankets. I'm just hogging it. They're so good. I mean, is there such thing as bad pizza? I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Made by somebody that's not like in a cardboard box that you heat up in the oven. It's Little Caesars. <laughs> and and some other chains. I won't throw anyone under the bus. Yeah, there's there's definitely some bad pizza out there. Mm. No, uh, so on the cheese blanket topic, I've seen them on Amazon. They keep coming up in my feed. Uh, have you seen these blankets that are printed to be a pizza or a burrito and you just roll yourself up in the blanket and now it's like a you burrito yeah. or a you pizza? Yeah, do they have different types of cheese? Because they should. Um, I prefer a nice soft Gouda. That's what I'm going to wrap <laughs> up in. Gouda's so good. Brainy cheese or no? Do you like do you, and also do you like sauce? Because like sauce is just pizza can have too much sauce. That's how it gets run for me. Brainy, are you talking? I can't hear you. You're real quiet. I can't hear him, but I really want to hear his opinions on sauce. By the way, I think Rainey's camera position is phenomenal. Yeah, totally. Makes him look like a super villain from a music video. <laughs> well, I think he's having mic problems, so hopefully uh, we'll get those resolved. But, Christian, um, yeah. yes, you're a very positive person. Yeah. I've always admired that, but but there can definitely be bad pizza. That's okay. my opinion on that. <laughs> bad if there's too much sauce and it's too hot then the sauce acts as like a boilerplate for the roof of your mouth it does yeah. like it is the sauce will just do you in yeah i mean so when i was in high school i dated a girl who worked at a little caesar's and i i was of the opinion that there was no such thing as bad pizza <laughs> and then i was going to little caesar's every day and I realized, oh, this is not good pizza, but I'm still going to eat it every day. Yep. And then I realized if I never eat it again, it will be three lifetimes too soon. So you're saying you don't hop over to Detroit to get Little Caesars pizza is what you're saying. Dude, I'm in Toledo. We are South Detroit. We have a little, there's a Little Caesars less than a mile from me. But uh, I, I don't support Little Caesars Arena for that very reason in Detroit. Well, you know why I don't support Little Caesars Arena? Because it would have been so easy to have red pane glass windows up top that look like pepperonis when you had a sky, sky cam shot. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you do that? Why are you going to make a pizza arena and it doesn't look like a pizza on top? But I'll give you the uh, Let me tell you this. The best pizza in Detroit is a place called the Green Lantern. Uh, there's one... Uh, and I, I can tell you the locations. There's one in Sterling Heights, and there's one at 15 in John R. Um, and the reason I know about this place is it's across the street from a great comic shop and just down the street from a great comic convention. But the whole idea of the place is 
uh, it was about the lanterns that hung on the back of trains, right? That's where the name came from. And then the Green Lantern comics happened with, uh, 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 O'Neill. Yeah. And they changed the branding. They actually have a Marvel license. They actually, not Marvel, they've licensed from DC the Green Lantern image, and it's on their, they have murals on their walls of the Green Lantern. So it's my favorite, and it's actually amazing Sicilian pizza. So they like, they, so it was called the Green Lantern before they knew of the comic, and then they uh-huh. decided to kind of jump on that. That's cool. And right, I thought it was brilliant. If it happens down the street from a convention, it's got to be absolutely packed when people see it, right? Uh, well, that's the thing is it's you wouldn't know it was a pizza place unless you knew it was a pizza place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not in a great neighborhood. You don't want, you know, but it's if you know it's there, it's it's, you know, so it's all people from the convention who show up there. So it's just like the whole con moves to the pizza place. And what what convention is that? Astronomicon. And how long has that one been on? Because I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, last year was the third year. Next year will be the fourth. Well, August yeah. will be the fourth. And it actually went off last year because it was in February before everything happened. Oh, okay. Jen got to meet the guys who are responsible for Astronomicon today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand it's not like a normal convention. It's a, well, I mean, not a normal, just straight-up comic book convention. A little horror. No. A lot of music. Professional wrestling. Yeah. Rock and roll. You know, um, that's what, that's what Comic Palooza was when it first started. They had like roller, you know, the roller derby and Quidditch and wrestling. So I, I can see that. In in one Astronomicon, I met Kane Hodder. Uh, I met uh, the Boogeyman from WWE. I met. Um, D. Snyder and Brutus the Barber Beefcake shaved my beard. Oh, really? In one in one convention. And Brainy, I still cannot hear you. Oh, I see oh, you. I, I, I was trying to be quiet while Kyle was talking. So. Oh, there you um, go. No, she's talking over me. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, and no echo. It's good. All right, perfect. Yeah. Um, I just you found out that about, uh, Brutus the Beefcake Barber or pizza or cheese blankets. All right. First and foremost, cheese blankets. Um, I, I got into those custom pizzas that people started making, you know, like Pyology and you know, Pizza Rev and all of that. Um, they've got like five different types of cheese. All of them go on my pizza. Um, no red sauce. <laughs> uh, I, I changed that to pesto sauce. Um, it's more of a health issue than anything else. So, um, but you know. I have to disagree with Kyle. I think Little Caesars has its uh, moments. Uh, when you want to just spend five dollars on a pizza, Little Caesars isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Most times, too much for pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Most times, five dollars is too much for pizza from Little Caesars. <laughs> I can go. I can go into a twenty-four hour Walmart and buy two DiGiorno's for the same price and get better quality pizza. Do you guys remember, maybe this is just a college thing for me, that we would like, I don't know that we were into the pizza as much from Little Caesars as we were the breadsticks. So like, if we go oh. get like six packs of breadsticks. Absolutely. Conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy breads are the best. Um, yes. 
I'll, I'll take that over their pizza any day. Um, one of the downfalls of, uh, well, not the downfalls, but one of the restrictions I have with DiGiorno is um, almost everything they have have pepperoni in it. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I gave up red meat and pork a few years back. So that kind of limits me on DiGiorno. They used to have a chicken pizza, which well, I mean, we stocked up as much as we could, but they discontinued that dang chicken pizza. DiGiorno, bring it back. Do they do they even have pepperoni on their like their four cheese? Like, is it ground up in the sauce? Um, no, they their four cheese. We you know we still get the four cheese, but there's only so much cheese pizza you can eat, man. But then, well, you just said you put five cheeses on your pizza, so that's because that's I'm customizing my pizza. <laughs> yeah. Right, but then just buy, go to the produce section and buy some stuff and put it on top. True, 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 true. And we've done I, that actually, you know. Let me ask you guys this question. When you buy a frozen pizza, are you a I open it, put it in the oven, and cook it kind of person, or are you a I fix it kind of person? Uh, Open it, toss it in the oven. Same. I haven't had frozen pizza in, like, 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) See, the problem I have with this is is my other frozen pizza problem, right? I get it, I open it, and then it takes me as long as it would take me to make a hand-rolled pizza fixing the frozen pizza because i'm always adding other toppings or what do i have in the what leftovers do i have that i can throw on top of this pizza to make it better you know I, so maybe i'm just doing it wrong so guys no, i mean i think it almost always needs more cheese mm-hmm. i mean i think frozen pizzas almost always need more cheese mm-hmm. it's not like a proper blanket the the sauce oozes out yeah so i like going to trader joe's and getting there um they're the little bags of dough I'm just sticking it on the counter and let it warm up during the day. You just go home. It doesn't take like but two seconds to make a pizza, honestly. As long as you, you can, I'll teach you proper, you know, dough technique or whatever. But yeah, it, 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 uh, it tastes so good when you do it yourself. It may not like be a perfect circle, like you know, a pic, <laughs> like the pictures in the paper. But who cares? You just put it in your mouth anyway. There, there's still something to be said about frozen pizza. It's got that unique, no matter what type you get it's still got that unique flavor of that that's yeah. the cardboard brainy <laughs> <laughs> you know once cons are back we're gonna make sure you know we buy a few frozen pizzas and make sure jen has some you know, after 20 years i'm sure she's forgotten what they taste like <laughs> they've gotten better well but also in fairness miss jen you have a pizza place in your comic shop now yeah that's a that, that, why would I buy when I could just right? <laughs> yeah, that helps. <laughs> Disqualified. <laughs> now, uh, what I want to know is, Kyle, would you one five dollar Little Caesars pizza, or you have to consume five one dollar Totino's party pizzas? Five one dollar Totino's party pizzas. Uh. I, I can't handle that. I can't handle that anymore. Like that, like it's okay when it's first out of the oven, but digestive-wise, no, I can't do it. Uh, for me, so I spent a lot of years traveling for my job, mm-hmm. and the thing you would do is you'd, you'd get into a hotel, and almost all hotels have microwaves now. And you didn't want to go to spend all your, you know, spend a bunch of money at a restaurant or You could almost always find a store or a carryout that had Totino's party pizzas in the freezer. And you get those things and you stick them in that microwave in the hotel 
and you just eat them and feel bad about yourself. And there's something about the nostalgia of that that just makes me want to do it again. So that that's my pick. <laughs> but do you guys where you're at? Because so Toledo, where I'm at, is like um, fast food places and restaurants send their food here to get tested because we're a pretty decent intersection of the populace. Oh. Hmm? Uh, you said they send their food to get tested, and I said for COVID, but then I figured out what you're talking about. Yeah, so, like, we got the Doritos Locos Tacos before anybody. Uh, we got the uh, Nacho Fries before anybody. Um, like, we get a lot of that kind of stuff, and if it doesn't sell here, it never comes back. Um, the only other place that gets stuff like that is San Diego, I've learned. Um, because they got all-day breakfast at McDonald's before anybody. But uh, we right now have the chicken bacon ranch chalupa at Taco Bell. Hmm. Do you guys have those? Locally? We do. That that I just that just popped up on the menu uh, over the weekend, actually. Oh, I've had them delivered. So we I've been here so many hours. I've had Taco Bell delivered like four times, <laughs> and uh, I've gotten those every time, and they're phenomenal. They're so good. Um, and I figured out how to customize them, make them even better. Have them add nacho cheese. Uh-oh. So now you get their three cheese blend plus the avocado ranch plus the nacho cheese. And, yeah, it gets all in your beard, but it's worth it. That does sound really good. I don't know. Miss Jen, have you had Taco Bell in 20 years? Uh, yes. It's, it's felt so funny. Whenever uh, I was a young married person, I told uh, Mike, that I would move anywhere with him uh, as long as I had a Walmart and a Taco Bell because we are early married life. We used to, every Sunday, we'd go and get one of those Taco Bell boxes that had like, you know, 10 crispy tacos or you could have five crispy tacos and five burritos. It was only like, I think it was like, honestly, I think it was like $5 for the whole box, which is- Or less, yeah. They used to have that, that $59.79.99 menu. <laughs> yep. And we'd go home and we'd watch X-Files. That was, to me, that is early love. Was That was what we could afford and that we like to do. So, yeah, Taco Bell's always got a place in my heart. Brainy, what about you? Okay, I'm, I'm currently boycotting Taco Bell. Because um, so they took all the know, good stuff off the menu? Uh, no, uh, it's actually, you know, I, since I gave up red meat and pork, I have to be selective about what I eat. Um, so, you know, I, I customize my tacos and everything. Um, and at, when I'm at work, you know, we decided, hey, where are we going to go? Where are you going to go? So last time when we decided we we're going to Taco Bell, my order was very specific. The chicken chalupa tacos, make it fresca style because I don't want any other stuff on it. I wanted it to be a little bit healthier, healthier, healthier. Um, and the taco, make sure there's no beef. It's all chicken. And the guy, you know, one of my coworkers goes there. Yeah, orders my food. He says, guys, make sure you don't screw this up. The guy's very picky about his food, which I am. He said, chicken chalupa tacos, uh, the supreme taco with the fresca, no beef. Bring my food. Everything is beef. They changed the chicken chalupa tacos to beef tacos. <laughs> I'm like, how do you screw that up? Not to. <laughs> that sounds like... Weed. Man, that's weed. Yeah, the, the the sad part is that wasn't the only time. The previous time we went, 
they screwed up my order or something. Like, I'm boycotting them. Forget it. I don't need to, you know. Um, the, you end up spending like $30, $40 every time we go there. I'm like, that's not worth it. And the, the thing about it is, is people look at me and my, my, my diet, like I'm, you know, I eat like I'm in college. Um, and that's partially because when I was in college, I ate like I was a homeless person. So it's a, still an upgrade. Um, but uh, so much of what I do is dictated on what's within a mile of here or what can be delivered to me in under 25 minutes. And so I wind up eating a lot of really terrible fast food. And I don't know, I don't often feel good about it. So when I don't have to eat fast food, I usually go a little berserk at the nice restaurants. Like uh, we're at St. Elmo's in Indianapolis and my bill was $200 on my own because it's like, Hey, this is real food. I'm going to have two baked potatoes. Like, I don't need two baked potatoes, but it's good. So I'm going to eat another one. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just funny when, you know, when, when, when people see what I eat during the, the day and see what I eat most of the time. And then it's, we go to a restaurant and I'm ordering, you know, escargot and, you know, fancy. And they're like, we thought you had this terrible palate. I'm like, nah, I'm just cheap and lazy. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the times, just with the schedules everyone keeps, you're just at the mercy of what's around you and what's easy. Not even necessarily for me, it's not even, like, cheaper. It's just, oh, it's there. Okay, that's fine. And nothing against Taco Bell whatsoever, but it really weirded me out last year when there was that national poll of the United States and they showed a map of, like, favorite Mexican food restaurants and, like, 70% of the country regions were, like, Taco Bell. Are you serious? Yeah, wow. I'm that serious. That would not fly in Texas, no. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you get down there into the Southwest, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California. You guys have real Mexican food. Up here, we have Mexican food, but it's not made by Mexican people. Um, you know, we get Mexican food that are made by Koreans. And other things like... We don't get real Mexican food here until you go to the Mexican restaurant and sure the, the waiters are, you know, authentic, uh, you know, and it's an authentic experience, but the food is certainly not. And so Taco Bell and Chipotle are like the best options we have. Mm-hmm. It's a real bummer. I would love to get a guac that didn't have mayonnaise in it. That's all I'm saying. Are you yeah. Yeah, and um, but and and even in the regions where they know how to do it, they still do it differently. I mean, in Texas, I'm sure everyone's aware there's Tex-Mex, right? Yeah. So I can't really go anywhere else and go, oh, this is you know, oh, this is Mexican food because I lived out in California for about three years. Completely different. Mm-hmm. They had no idea that you could even fry an avocado. First of all, they they were like, whoa, what? Why would you do that to an avocado? And I'm like. Why, Why would you do that? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? And and their idea of queso was just a melted Velveeta with maybe a couple of jalapenos in it. Wow. So, Although there is good news. Food, but it is different. There is good news on my horizon. We're getting a Torchies. Oh, thank goodness. I'm so happy for you. Uh, I, I am... Uh, I, I'm thrilled. I Torchies has been... Uh, 
a lifesaver for me in the last three years because I have one right by my job. Um, and uh, March is the best month of the year, not just because it holds my birthday or March Madness or any kind of wonderful pop culture stuff, but because Torchies has the Roscoe every March. Oh, you're you're in for a treat. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited for you. Yeah, no, my birthday's in March, and every year around here, uh, the week of my birthday is Restaurant Week. Uh, it's become a thing everywhere. You know, it's local restaurants partner up with charity, and you know, part of your part of your meal goes there. So we always try new things. Last year, I tried Korean barbecue for the first time during uh-huh. Restaurant Week, and <laughs> yeah. almost died. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think they messed up my menu, my order. I ordered the not spicy bulgogi, and I think they brought me the spicy bulgogi. And my face just proceeded to do that thing from the Indi- from the end of Raiders, you know. Just yeah, I had about three bites. Was like, I'm done. I won't be able to taste anything for a week. But uh, I really enjoyed, you know, everything else we had. So I'm excited to go back there, uh, and I just haven't had a chance because, again, COVID shut everything down. But uh what do you guys do when you go to try a new place what is your what's your what's your your tactic when you go to try a new restaurant miss jen you want to start um probably when i go to a new restaurant i'll pick something that's the closest to something i've i've eaten somewhere else that i enjoyed um but it kind of depends on how adventurous i feel I sometimes will ask the waiter what they like, but like tell them, no, wait, before you answer me, really, when you go on your break today, what are you ordering off the menu? Not what's the like, this is the thing I've been told to, to, to sell because the fish is about to go bad tomorrow and I got to get it out of the refrigerator. What are you ordering today? That works out pretty good. Brainy, what about you? Um, I'm getting a to become a creature of habit you know i try be, i'm very selective with my food like i said earlier you know it, it's getting to the point where it, it's i'm not taking risks anymore uh, you know 10 years ago I'd, i'll you know i'd try anything uh anything that's not uh see you know selfish shelf any shellfish which is bad for my kidneys um I would have tried anything, but now I'm becoming very selective. It's I've got to be able to recognize the food before I order it, unfortunately. And I, I I think mine is uh, first and foremost, I check Instagram for pictures because I mean, that's a lot of the century, right? Is like how it looks, how it's presented and like following foodies on Instagram and just reading blog posts, uh, watching videos. Um, if if I see a show like Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and I know Guy Fieri liked it, I'm gonna try it. I want to try it. I want. I, I like to try the signature item. So I'm not gonna go to a place where it's like, this is the best chicken fried steak in Texas, and then order like a salad. I'm just not. You know, like I, I want to get like their signature item now if it's something i know i'm not gonna like um like if a sushi place swore to me that the best thing on their menu is the sea urchin i know Mm -hmm. that's not for me i'm not gonna eat it but but then i would go to like okay well what's your second most popular thing so word of mouth first and foremost whether that's from someone i know suggesting it which that takes the highest priority and then just a little bit of instagram internet research 
Um, and then third would just be, you know, if I go to a fried chicken or a place known for their fried chicken, get their fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get a steak from a fried chicken place or whatever. And and something you learn as you get older is um, and I think this can best be highlighted by taking a five second gla- glance at the Cheesecake Factory menu. If they have too many items, it's no good. It's not going to work. Like, like I would rather go into a place and all they serve is fried chicken or all they serve is baked potatoes or all they serve is mac and cheese. And I know some people don't like those places because it gets too, too, you know, hipstery or, you know, too, like, they just feel like the pressure of like, well, I don't like mac and cheese. Well, if they specialize in something, that's a place for me. Because otherwise, you're just going to get too many basic generic menu items and then you have a Cheesecake Factory situation where you got like 40 different items and maybe one is good and that's the cheesecake, which is in their name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so ironically, the my pizza spot in Chicago, when you sit down, they they ask you they don't they don't hand you a menu. They don't have one. It's small or large, meat or no meat. <laughs> Them's your options. And they'll tell you that a small will technically feed two normal-sized humans. A large will technically feed three normal-sized humans. I get a large by myself, so don't trust them when they tell you that. Uh, And then, do you want the bread? And the answer is always, unless you're brainy, and I totally can respect not eating pork or, or red meat. I can totally respect that. So brainy would say no meat, but the correct answer is large meat Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and then they walk away. And then See, your pizza comes back, huh? Uh, I, if if the meat includes chicken, do it. <laughs> the the meat is totally essential. It's a it's a blend of both uh Italian beef and Italian sausage. Yeah, got it. Ground up and cooked into the sauce. And then the other option you have, but you got to know to ask for it, is mushrooms. Ooh. We'll put mushrooms in, but you got to know that they'll do it if you ask. But they only—they don't offer it to you. But then they go away and they come back, and here comes your pizza, and here comes this thing that looks like an elephant ear, <laughs> except like an actual elephant's ear. It's huge, uh, and that's the bread. And they bring out a shaker of stuff. With no labels on it, you're not allowed to know what's in it, and they shake that stuff and they say, "Tell you when." And if that if that bread doesn't change color, it's not enough. But you put it on there and you eat it, and it's just like, mm. <laughs> like you just fall over. Um, and then what's wild way is that they don't bring you a check. They go. 1295 1295 1295 1295 you know, in the day when the back corner was the, you know, with the gumas and stuff. And it's, and it really does. Uh, and it's a, it's a really good time. They have a guy who, the guy who seats you comes out and will go, how many? 
and you tell them four, and they'll look at Mark and go, four, blue shirt, got it. And they don't write anything down. And he'll go, it'd be about an hour. And then 59 minutes later, he goes, Mark, blue shirt, let's go. And you go. It's the wildest thing. Uh, it's across the street from where the St. Valentine's Day massacre happened. Hmm. <laughs> it's one of my favorite places in the world. <laughs> yeah, well, when I start reading uh, Red Meat again, we'll go in there. Oh, for sure. I'll drive the five hours to Chicago just to meet you. All right, sounds good. <laughs> meet M-E-A-T, right? Ha, 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 ha. Should have seen that coming. Order the bread. Yes on the meat. Mm-hmm. What was the third yes. thing? What was the uh, third large. thing? Large. Large, so you have leftovers. Oh, so they do give you to go. They give you a to go box. They just don't take to go orders. Yeah, you can't carry out. You can while you're sitting there order them frozen. Oh, okay. Uh, and they totally hold up if you bake them in your own oven. But it, it's real good. Uh, and I'll tell you guys once once we stop recording the name of the place. But uh, it's you know it's 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 really good. Um, and I could talk about it for hours. I'll be real honest. And just one more thing, is mushrooms like the only thing you can modify? You just go, hey, yep. mushrooms. Just like mushrooms, you just say that, and they go, okay. Well, I want um, the mushrooms. And they go, okay. And by the way, they're whole mushrooms. They're, they're small, but they're whole. They're not sliced. They're not diced. They're not. They're whole. Uh, one of my favorite stories is at C2E2. We went there, and we took Sam, uh, Sam De La Rosa, the Venom artist, uh, who I know Jen knows. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, Brini, do you know Sam? No, not personally. <laughs> he did Venom Lethal Protector covers. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he's he's a he's a te- he's a Texas, New Mexico, Arizona guy. He norm- normally never leaves the Southwest. <clears throat> and he comes to Chicago, and he <laughs> he was friends with one of the. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. He was friends with one of the people we were with, and so we invited him to dinner. And he said, "Sure." And. What I don't think he realized is that we were going to have to sit on a stoop of a brownstone for about an hour and a half to wait to get into this place. And you could see Sam just turning blue because he's so cold. And the rest of us are there in, like, shorts and T-shirts because it's, like, 50 degrees. And we get into this place, and he goes, you know, I thought you guys were crazy for sitting on that stoop for an hour and a half waiting to get into this place. He goes, but this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Nice. And uh, Sam De La Rosa is such a, a great, warm individual. I interviewed him for Nerd News Now for back when we were allowed to go to conventions pre-COVID. But anyway, uh, great guy if you ever see his booth. And he's at like all, uh, I'm sure this will be a thing when they're back, but he's like almost every Texas convention. So yeah, he must stay stay close. He to lives in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. He's a San Antonio boy. Yeah. Uh, so. Now I just want pizza. I know. I, I'm like, dang it! I just had Domino's two days ago. Uh, <laughs> <I> still... <laughs> My last. I just meeting... had four chalupas. <laughs> uh, one of the chicken chalupas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bastard. <laughs> chicken but bacon. They ba- but they also had bacon on them, though. The new this bacon. This is our chalupa, man. <laughs> you, you know you. You would not believe how restrictive a diet gets once you eliminate pork and red meat. 
I mean, you, you don't realize how much food out there has red meat in it. Uh, it's just... Might as well just but, become vegetarian. Yeah. I, I will say this back to Tex-Mex for a second and the uh, restrictive diet. If you are ever in a place that does it, get the uh, portobello fajitas. Oh, my goodness. Portobello fajitas are awesome. That was tasty. Yeah. yeah. That sounds real good. I mean, I mean, well, portobello is like the meat of vegetables, right? I mean, some people do that with steak. If you do it right, it's phenomenal. But uh, so we've almost talked about food the whole hour. Do we need to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Did Nerdus happen that didn't involve Jen and I this weekend? Um, yeah, a, I mean a, a little bit, but it's kind of like it's kind of like same old, same old, and people just get upset all the time. But I guess that's like fandom, right? I mean, we people can, are always getting upset all the time. We can talk about Wandavision. That's new. Oh, I haven't uh, seen it. Watched but... it? Yes, I. When when I when I was about to watch it, like what like about three weeks ago, I had this thought like I think this might be the best thing MCU ever creates. And then I watched the first two episodes and I'm like, I can't believe I was right about something finally. I mean it it is it it is phenomenal. It is amazing. And and I know a lot of this is based on the uh you know the Tom King Maxi series. Um vision you know having a family in the suburbs but it this show is incredible and they went to such great lengths that they used uh the opinions of national treasure uh dick van dyke as a consultant and the funniest thing i heard you know at the end of this weekend people talking about that is that you know and you should have figured you know but he didn't even know what the mcu was or how popular you know it is. He was just there to consult on, you know, the furniture. Burton Mary Poppins. Why does he need to? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he well, he's already in that Disney family, right? So it didn't. Yeah. But uh, no, it, the the painstaking set design, the casting, everything about it is just wonderful. And then on top of that, it's giving us a chance to like actually see Scarlet Witch and Vision with screen time. Because, like, in the 19 movies, they probably didn't have as much screen time as they did in the first two episodes of this. Uh, Vision, for sure, did not. But um, I don't know. Like, So, Miss Jen, you said you saw it? Yes, yes. What, I... what, what did you think? I'm, I'm going to watch it tomorrow and record a reaction video. Okay. So, somebody wave when I put my headphone back in. Okay. I'm not going to spoil anything, so you're okay. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, my husband's reaction to it was that he didn't he didn't get it as much as I did. But then I found out from talking to him that he did not grow up watching, you know, Leave It to Beaver and um, oh, uh, the uh, I Dream of Jeannie. And, you know, I I know that those weren't like made to be initial broadcasts back when I was, you know, a kiddo. But they came on TV, and that's what I, I love watching them. Yeah, I was for that already. So I think that it's different if you watched and appreciated those shows. You know, if you never saw a single uh, episode of Lucy, then I could see that these would be confusing to you. That's what he said. I'm confused. 
So maybe that's what's going on. Well, I mean, I, I don't think this is spoilery per se, but I mean, anyone can ear muff that hasn't seen it. But but uh, one thing about that is they don't really establish what's going on. So like you just see them in black and white. You can probably figure that. You can probably figure that. You know, there's you know an homage to something, mm-hmm. but but they don't really even tell you that like, hey, you know, they're we don't know what's going on yet, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but um, we, the last time we saw, you know, Vision, at least, was, um, I mean, was it in-game, or was it the one before? Because, but, it was in-game. Okay, so, but then they just bounced directly to this, and I love the slow reveal and build-up. I think, and I think the pacing is fantastic, but I can also see someone going, what is, this is not what I signed up for. This is not superhero MCU stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a slow burn, but I think it's going to have a, a tremendous payoff. And they do homages to old, you know, sponsored commercials. And, yeah. uh, and, and obviously like from the trailer, you, you, I think, I think most people from the trailer can point out like, Oh, Brady Bunch. Now, mm-hmm. some of the other sitcoms they're going to be playing off of that. I definitely understand. Um, but I, I just, I grew up with all that stuff and I, and I'm trying to like, okay, I, I know they have nine 20 something minute, you know, episodes and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what, what other sitcoms are they going to pull from? Cause I, I just, I, I love it. And I saw someone's kind of comment, not liking the show that was like, this has all been done before. And it's like, well, that's the point. Okay. I mean. Yes, I Love Lucy was a thing. I get that. But, like, this has not been done before. What they're doing right now, this has never been done before. Uh, Is that person saying that uh, Paul Bettany and Desi Arnaz are the same person? I don't understand. Well, no, I don't know what they were. I I just, you're going to have it, you're always going to have a contingent of people that are like, there's not enough action. Ah, like, I mean, that's. That's just what's going to happen. And it's uh, this story is going to end up being awesome. And I'm just super excited for to see how this plays out, to see Loki, because that's going to be a mind trip as well. I think the first, I'm predicting that the first like real action, you know, that, that from a widescreen perspective of like, oh, yeah, superhero Avenger action, it's probably going to be Hawkeye. Because you're not going to be, like, Loki, you're dealing with all these weird realities. Like, how did he get there? Oh, this is weird. WandaVision, oh, this is weird. Hawkeye is going to be a straight-up, like, you know, you know, master and apprentice type thing. I'm going to pass this moniker down to you. And also, by the way, there's going to be a pizza dog. So, I mean, lucky the pizza dog is about to be freaking Baby Yoda for Marvel Universe. That That's what's going to happen. So, so that- I... For Sam and... Uh... Becky? What? Okay, you're dropping out again. Uh oh. Oh, what? You said something about about Sam Wilson and Bucky? Yeah. I I am excited. Well, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that, but it's not the point of like, is that actually coming out this year? 
Because I don't even know if that's like if Loki's next or not. I think it. You, I think I'm having the same problem you had with Wonder Woman, where you saw the trailer 19 times and then you're like, "Oh, the, did that already happen yet?" That's. <laughs> but of course, I will love it when that comes out. But I do. I do know that they're still doing of some sort. So I, I don't know. I don't know the ordering. WandaVision came out way later because it was supposed to be second. So Captain America, you know, Falcon, and Winter Soldier was supposed to come out. I think October originally. So now my mindset is like, okay, we're, uh, you know, when is this going to come out? And, Frank, you got to take off. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll uh, chat again later. Yeah, have a good week. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier, but, like, I need it to happen before I, you know, I need to see a date set to it, I think. But yeah, you're right. That will be the first. Like, oh, there's action again. But I'm I'm cool with this WandaVision break because this is awesome. So, I uh, I took the time when I wasn't listening to you guys talk about WandaVision to look up some news. And there's one piece of news that dropped while we've been recording, according to at least the website I went to, that's got me very excited. Oh, uh, does it have anything to do? Does it have anything to do with Nick Cage, LeBron James? Or Matt Damon? No, it has something to do with Lloyd Kaufman. Okay, uh, please tell me what is going to happen with that. Lloyd Kaufman has officially endorsed the reboot of the Toxic Avenger from Legendary. He has read the script and says it's so much better than the original. <laughs> and so that's so got me excited. I love Toxie. I love the Toxic Avenger. You know, I got to meet Lloyd Kaufman at Astronomicon last year. And... Uh, you know, it's the fact that there's a new movie coming out makes me happy, and the fact that he says it's good makes me happy. So, I think that's all there is to that story, really. I mean, there's Toxic Avenger doesn't have a massive following; it's pretty cult, but you gotta love it. Well, I, I was actually gonna bring that up. Um, I remember, I, I I did not know what trauma was till I was probably thirty. Okay, and but I rem but yet I remember sifting through old toys uh, that were in my parents' attic not too long ago, and there's all kinds of Toxic Avengers toys. So I remember watching the cartoon. I remember, I believe they had a comic adaptation, and I had several of the figures. There was also Nintendo games and Game Boy games for it. And speaking of Lloyd Kaufman, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, YouTube series Angry Video Game Nerd, but... He's gotten big enough now where he, he's had, like, Macaulay Culkin come on and play all the Home Alone games that are terrible. And then he had an episode of Lloyd Kaufman coming on to play the Toxic Avenger um, with Nintendo game. Oh, so I'm very much familiar with that. I just, I still to this day think it, think it is weird that that was ever a kid's cartoon. Right? That it was designed, it was designed, it was, yeah, it was, that it was targeted at children was very strange. Well, because I I wouldn't have picked up on that back then. Like, I wouldn't have watched through the credits and, and seen... I'm sure on there somewhere it said, you know, copyright trauma films or whatever. But I wouldn't have known what that was. And it's not like you could Google it on your phone back then. So, I, I think... I guess what I'm saying is I think they pulled one over on society by marking that towards kids a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was there's a bunch of other TV and movie news that I'm seeing... 
But, I mean, it's all stuff you'd expect. Like the Cobra Kai guy saying that Jaden Smith's Karate Kid isn't part of the universe. Yeah. Which, okay, I'd like it to not be part of this universe. So, I mean, we can get we can all get there. Uh, you know, and that Ivan Reitman watched Ghostbusters Afterlife and loved it. That gives me faith in that film. Yeah. So. Um, the, the stuff I had was, and this might be in the who cares category, but, uh, now they are saying they being the director that justice league is a one shot four hour movie. But to me, the one thing that I pulled out of the story, math does not, not add up. So it's going to be four hours, right? Two and a half hours of brand new footage, but only five and a half new minutes of principal photography. So, anyway, I, I have I have Justice League fatigue. Miss Jen knows this. We've been talking about this for like what a year or two or three years since the show started. Um, what he probably meant was there's going to be four episodes, but it's going to drop all in one day. You can just watch them back to back. That's fine. I'm going to check it out just to do my you know nerdly duty or whatever. But until then, you know that that's in March, so we'll worry about that then. We're uh, talking Matt about Damon, the Snyder cut, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do my nerdly duty and tell uh, Zack Snyder to uh, go jump off a bridge. I ain't doing it. I won't watch a second. I and, walked out of that uh, movie. Uh, and also, Matt Damon joining the cast of uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Not sure if he's gonna re- be reprising his role as the Asgardian actor portraying Thor or not. Um, and just uh. And Space Jam released one second of footage and everyone's mind was blown and it's all bonkers. I just feel that with Space Jam, it's going to be people complaining about getting a free movie again, just like it was with Wonder Woman. I'm not saying people should have said, I love Wonder Woman if they didn't love it. I just felt that that movie was like attacked. I'm also doing the theme in my head as you do that. Yeah. Um, I will say on Space Jam, the, the cast they got, to me, you know, well... The Rockets won in, in 93, 94, 94, 95. I think that Michael Jordan's supporting cast in Space Jam, as in the NBA players, much vast bigger scale than what LeBron has to work with in this one. Who's uh, he got? But that's more of a basketball conversation. Oh, it's like Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, Damon Lillard, um, the Brow, you know, Anthony Davis. I just. You, you you have Barkley, Ewing, Robinson, like just no contest for me, but Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues, yeah, Le- Le- Larry Johnson, Grandma Ma, uh, you know, I yeah. So and then now I do wanna spend just a couple of seconds on this. So a trailer for a Nick Cage movie came out, Willie's Wonderland. I'm I was very, very confused because we've been waiting on this Five Nights at Freddy's movies for, for years now. Not waiting on it, but knowing, okay, they merchandise the heck out of this thing. It's gonna be a movie. I thought it was passed around to a couple of production companies. This movie is Five Nights at Freddy's. Like they even have like orange animatronic things. It's not probably the, the exact bear, but I'm not understanding how they got away with this. But there's a movie called Willie's Wonderland where some guy pays Nick Cage you know, hey, I need you to stay in there for 24 hours and clean my pizza place. Okay. And I'll, I'll pay for your truck. Okay. And then all of a sudden, you just see him go into that, like, Mandy manic rage and just chopping up animatronics for, you know, the next hour and a half. 
I'm fine with that, but I don't understand how that happened. And that's from, you know, and obviously I know that you have a whole system in Hollywood where, oh, Studio A is doing this. So as Studio B, we need to do this and, and you know, try to take part of that market. Because apparently in the 90s, asteroids were huge to the point where it's like, we got Armageddon with Aerosmith. Oh, yeah, well, we have Deep Impact. Okay. But, like, so I know that can happen, but it's just wild to me that something so specific <laughs> like Freddy's is going to be completely usurped by a movie that looks like it maybe shot three days to shoot with Nick Cage. So, anyway, check that trailer out. Smith was almost Armageddon with Blessed Union of Souls. Were they? Wow. Blessed Union of Souls wrote the song Light in Your Eyes. For the movie Armageddon, uh, because the studio had approached them to write it. Uh, then Aerosmith had, at the time, Aerosmith had cut their version of Don't Want to Miss a Thing. And the record company sent it to the studio going, hey, we would love to get this into a movie to promote this record. Because Aerosmith had had kind of a weird turn in their career. And they yeah. wanted to be mainstream. And the studio was like, oh my god. We can have Steven Tyler singing a song while his daughter dies in space. <laughs> We're going to put that in. And they just gave light in your eyes back to back to blessing your souls. And with permission to use it in the credits. Huh? So it was almost, you know, uh, Armageddon with blessed union of souls. Wow. But but I don't think Aerosmith's doing music for this Willy's Wonderland with Nick Cage. No, but Nick Cage could probably get him if he wanted to. <laughs> he probably could. Um, Mission no, uh, I, I will say okay. this just about it. Uh, that movie terrifies me. The concept terrifies me. The game terrifies me. Nick Cage terrifies me just as a person. Yeah. I'm so in. It look. I mean... I just didn't under, I was expecting to see the name Five Nights at Freddy's pop up and it didn't. So I, if you're Five Nights at Freddy's now, are you like, well, should we even make this movie? Because they got Nick Cage. I mean, what I don't know what you could do to one up that at this Get point. Get DiCaprio. Yeah, I don't see that happening, but maybe. So you're saying like the Revenant, but with an animatronic bear, huh? Huh? Yeah, so anyway, just, uh, comics, what's going on? I don't, there's some really cool number ones that are coming out. A lot of them are like small, like might be missed by people. There's one called Rain Like Hammers, which is about a big walking city called Elephant. Oh, okay. One character that lives there that's the main character. And then I Breathed a Body sounds really cool. This one's like they described as social network mixed with Hellraiser, <laughs> which the name doesn't tell you that, right? And then uh, Crimson Flower has got a, no a number one. It's a Matt Kent product. The this person's trying to deal with their trauma from a home invasion through Russian folk tales. Uh, always down for anything with Matt Kent. So that one uh, that'll go on the list for sure. Um, anything? Anything else? Like uh, stuff that flew off the shelves and surprise last week or? Anything you're looking forward to in the next couple months? Um, 
Not really. I mean, there's like every week there's something super special that comes out that I'm I'm excited about. Like there's also King in Black this week, which I'm you know always got to figure out what the end game is. How is that going to end? Who's going to survive out of that thing? Yeah. And then of course, I. What's interesting is that uh, all the future state has really flown off the shelves. There wasn't a lot of, to me, there wasn't a lot of initial like people adding it to their pull boxes in mass. I think everyone waited for number one to come out and see what if they liked it or not. And then now they're trying to add it to their pull boxes when there's nothing we can do about it. And so, like, I'll speak personally, we have almost nothing for the rack this week for future uh, state that all got pulled into boxes. That's just the way it goes during COVID. Yeah. Uh, any uh, final thoughts from either of you as we wrap up? Well, the- uh, Scott Hanna told us this weekend, it was kind of an announcement from him, that he's taking a pat. He's doing a variant for Amazing Spider-Man, what is it, 66? Mm-hmm. It's coming out. Uh, the one that everybody's so hyped for, but he's doing a variant for that. Uh, so be on the lookout for that, which is cool. Um, that, w- that was a piece of news that was new to me, but made me very happy. Um, no, other than that, uh, there was no new news. Uh, I think some of the biggest news we were involved in, so I don't know if that's even fair if that's playing with house money or not, but (laughs) it's fine. (laughs) Whatever you want. Um, well, uh, thank you, Kyle and Miss Jen, and thanks to Brainy. Uh, he had to check out early, but we appreciate his time as always. And thank you for watching and or listening to Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom of Woodlands Online, sponsored by Space Cadets Collection, Collection and Adventure Begins. Check out their other shows on Woodlands Online, like Taste Buzz, Music Cafe, Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Weekly Fallout, Sports Talk, and Between the Trees Business Talk. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KBQT. HG21 over the air. All these shows and more are also available on Roku. Just add Woodlands Online Television to your streaming lineup. And you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. We'll see you next time on Nerd News Now. 